Hello, my name is Allison Warner and I am the Chief Editor of Orthodontic Products. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of In the Sterilization Room with Jackie, where we talk to infection prevention expert Jackie Doors about what you need to know to keep the orthodontic team and patients safe during the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. For over 30 years, Jackie has been a consultant specializing in instrument sterilization and infection control and prevention in the dental setting. She has degrees in microbiology and dental hygiene and has been a featured speaker at the American Dental Association and the American Association of Orthodontists. Now, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, Jackie, but it's good to see you again. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) And we're now in January of 2022 Mm -hmm. and approaching the third year of the pandemic. I know, I know. We're coming up on our two-year anniversary of doing this podcast or this uh, video series. So um, yeah, so today in the ongoing saga that is the COVID-19 pandemic, we're going to talk about the Omicron uh, variation, or uh, not variation, variation? No, Uh, variant. (laughs) There you go. There's the word I'm looking for. Uh, So we hopefully will provide some clarification to orthodontic practices about how they should navigate this wave. So Jackie, how has the Omicron uh, variant been affecting practices from what you've heard? Well, the first cases of uh, the Omicron variant were identified in the United States, December the 1st of 2021. And in four short weeks, it rapidly spread across the nation um, until by the first week in January, every state had a case. And even there were enough cases that it was putting hospitals into uh, staffing shortages um, Mm. because of the increased number of patients and because so many of the staff members had acquired infections with this highly infectious variant Mm -hmm. uh, that they didn't have adequate staff to care for the patients that were arriving at hospitals. So Omicron is much more infectious, estimated to be anywhere from one and a half to three times as infectious as the ancestral uh, virus and of the Delta virus with it. Mm. And people seem to get sick much more quickly. The virus replicates quickly and with large numbers, um, it's replicating, the Omicron variant is replicating in the upper respiratory system, uh, around the Mm. thorax, the back of the throat, uh, in the nose. And because of the large viral numbers, the load, if you will, then as people exhale, whether it's talking, laughing, singing, breathing, um, that we've heard over the two years of the pandemic with it, um, they expel a lot more viruses than they did with the virus when it was replicating in the lungs. You know, mm-hmm. originally we we learned that the virus, it liked the respiratory system, the viral particles would enter the cells that line the lungs and reproduce there and then be expelled. So Omicron has, um, as a variant, has changed uh, Mm -hmm. so that it has become more infectious and is infecting more people. And it's also avoiding the protection that vaccines are providing with us. Mm. Yeah. So we're yeah. getting more breakthrough infections for people who have been vaccinated uh, and people who were vaccinated as early in 2021 as the vaccines were introduced, then that vaccine, the protection was waning, which happens mm-hmm. with many vaccines as after you get that high boost of antibodies right after you're vaccinated, and then it levels out over time. And so then we've started using boosters, right? Six months after Mm -hmm. you've had your mRNA vaccine, then it's now recommended that you have a booster to 
up those antibodies again and, and give you that greater protection with it. And Omicron is, as I said, it's highly infectious and it's found ways to get around the protection provided by the boosters and even people who have acquired immunity from having right. had a, a previous infection with it. And, you know, one of the largest segments of our population now that uh, doesn't have that protection is children. Mm -hmm. And as yeah. children have started going back to school, we've seen an increased transmission of infections. So Omicron is affecting not only the orthodontic staff, but orthodontic mm -hmm. patients that are coming yeah. in for treatment with it. And it's been challenging because with the quarantine and isolation recommended recommendations from CDC, staff mm -hmm. members, I've, I've had orthodontists calling me saying half of my clinical team is out on quarantine mm. or isolation, and they're going to have to be out for 10 days to 14 days. Jackie, what are we supposed to be doing? Yeah. And CDC did change their guidance on right. December the 23rd because of the staffing shortages and mm -hmm. looking at the science of the infections and how severe they were at the very beginning of the infection. And did it did that highly infectious period subside a little more rapidly mm -hmm. with the Omicron variant? Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about that um, CDC guidance from December 23rd. Now, the guidance is for all of healthcare professionals because the CDC is no longer separating out dental health providers. So how should the orthodontic practices interpret this guidance? Because it can be a little confusing. <laughs> That's right. You're, it's, it's true, Allison. CDC um, uh, removed the separate page for uh, interim infection control guidance during the pandemic for dental offices mm -hmm. uh, and then put an umbrella for all of healthcare. So not only dental, orthodontic, ambulatory surgery centers and hospitals mm -hmm. now all come under the same guidance uh, for protection for staff members and for patients uh, during the pandemic. So it is confusing because mm -hmm. with the December 23rd guidance, it was shortened that staff members who were exposed didn't have to quarantine or isolate quarantine at home um, after an exposure incident. That's that's the correct term. You isolate if you're infected mm -hmm. uh, and you quarantine if you've been exposed. They didn't mm -hmm. have to quarantine for that 10 to 14 days. Now it was five days. But there was a little bit of confusion about how this applied because the, the guidance came out with a chart that listed three categories. And again, this is for all of healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. And the first category, the first column of the chart was conventional. So that is conventional strategies when you uh, don't have an increase of infections and a shortage of staff mm -hmm. to care for patients. Now remember, okay. CDC is looking at hospitals. Right. So hospitals can have emergency patients that it may not even be COVID related and they don't have enough mm -hmm. nurses, lab technicians and physicians to care for all those patients. And we've been right. reading about staff hospitals that are overwhelmed and they're, they're having to call in the National Guard to help with mm -hmm. it. And hospitals are even closing certain segments of their hospital. I know in Miami, one of the hospitals had to close their uh, OBGYN unit uh, where they okay. couldn't even deliver babies because they didn't have enough nurses and, and mm. doctors. So okay. that's where they went. Then if you have a shortage of staff, they added a contingency column. Mm. And okay. 
gave allowances for when could staff continue to work and when could they re, re um, and when can you work if you had to even tested positive but maybe didn't have signs or symptoms. And mm-hmm. then there is a third column, crisis. So this is very similar to what we looked at with the guidance on PPE. Remember at the beginning oh, of the yeah. pandemic, where mm-hmm. if you, if you couldn't get an N95 respirator, then yeah. what was your contingency? Right. And if you couldn't get any mask, what was your crisis with that? <laughs> right. And okay. now that the PPE supplies have been resumed, we are mm-hmm. now under conventional categories. Okay. And that emergency okay. use authorization, even for KN to use KN95s, that's been removed because we're mm-hmm. no, un, no longer in those contingency right. or crisis categories. So it's right. it's really a, a similar to, if you know, okay. where are you? Okay. So most orthodontic practices then are going to be in that conventional uh, column. Correct. And uh, however, I've, I've had a lot of confusion because doctors mm-hmm. have been calling me saying, half of my clinical team <laughs> is out because yeah. they either have a child at home who mm. has tested positive or is right. has symptoms. And so mm-hmm. they're having to quarantine with that child because that's yeah. a high risk exposure incident mm-hmm. or they've tested positive. They may not even have symptoms. So they said, okay, Jackie, with this new uh, CDC guidance, does that mean that my staff members only have to be out for five days? And I said, mm. well, wait, we need to look closely at the chart. And mm-hmm. when would you move your practice to the contingency. So looking at, you have to go to a whole separate webpage from CDC (laughs) about when you would move to those contingency column on it. And that would be only after uh, you've had to cancel non-essential orthodontic appointments because you don't have enough clinical assistance to see those patients. Mm, Okay. Okay, so, so it's down to staffing. It's, it is. Do you have enough staff to care for your patients? So, for example, if are you canceling all of your new patient exams? That's non-urgent at this time. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe an archwire check or a retainer check. Um, those that would not, that those appointments could be postponed and not mm-hmm. affect patient care. Uh, okay. And then the second category that CDC put in there, a qualifier, if you will, is are you now moving... Um, administrative team members to the clinical area. Maybe you have a treatment coordinator mm-hmm. who was formerly an orthodontic uh, chairside assistant. And okay. is that treatment coordinator now seeing clinical patients because you don't have enough patients to, uh, or enough mm-hmm. team members to treat okay. patients? Um, okay. And yes, there are urgent patient appointments that you still need to see, such as mm-hmm. if you have a patient that's got a palatal expander in. That's mm-hmm. not something you would want to put off until right. the infections subside in your area. Yeah. Uh, you know, are you in that period of high infectivity? So mm-hmm. have you made those two adjustments, if you will, so you can continue by providing patient care? And then the third thing I would say is, have you added in an extra day? Maybe you mm-hmm. normally work three to four days a week. Are you right. now working five days a week? in your orthodontic office so that you can see those extra patients with it. Mm, So uh, those changes, you know, have you made those adaptations uh, in your, and that would move you into the contingency category. So yes, 
most offices would still now be in the conventional column. And I think okay. it's important for us to review what, what are the yeah. precautions now from CDC? Right. It's confusing. Even it's confusing. We talked about it earlier and I was confused. So yeah. yes, please break it down. <laughs> so if you'll bring up the chart on the screen yeah. from uh, and list the webpage so that the viewers mm -hmm. could go to it uh, for those who can see. Uh, and for those who can't, if you'll just go to the CDC, you want to look up the December 23rd guidance for it mm -hmm. on there. And if we're looking at uh, work restrictions for healthcare providers who are infected, mm -hmm. so that would be someone who tests positive or definitely has signs and symptoms of the right. disease, okay. then if they've been boosted, vaccinated, or unvaccinated, so this is mm -hmm. someone who's infected, then yeah. they're still under conventional strategies. They're going to isolate at home for 10 days. Okay. That hasn't changed. Okay. Or seven days, it can be shortened if they have a negative test, then they could return okay. to work after seven days. Okay. If they're asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic mm -hmm. with or with improving systems, then they can return after seven days. Okay. So that's okay. conventional strategy with it okay. for someone who's infected or has mm -hmm. tested positive. Okay. So testing is key there to mm -hmm. return. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Now work restrictions for someone who's asymptomatic and has had that high risk exposure, mm -hmm. being exposed to someone for more than 15 minutes without a mask on. Okay. So let's take, um, for example, an orthodontic assistant whose child, mm -hmm. whose second grade child yeah. has come home with an infection, mm -hmm. has tested mm -hmm. positive, Definitely, right. that's a high-risk exposure. Yeah. So we'll see that if you are boosted, vaccinated, mm -hmm. and boosted, because remember, Omicron has learned to get around the vaccination, that boosting gives you the higher antibodies that is helping to prevent those breakthrough infections. Right, yeah. So Omicron is causing breakthrough infections, even for ones who people who are, boost, who are vaccinated or who have acquired immunity. So yeah. the conventional strategy there is no work restrictions for someone who's exposed. So the, the orthodontic assistant has a child at home who's infected. She can still continue to come to work if she tests negative on day two. Okay. And this is for someone who's boosted. This is for someone who right. is vaccinated and boosted. And boosted. Okay. Right. Okay. And then she or he would still need to mm -hmm. go for a second test on mm. days five through seven. Okay. So if the, the uh, orthodontic assistant's child comes home on Monday mm -hmm. uh, has from school, has an infection, then on Wednesday, mm -hmm. she can continue to work Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday, But right. if she's fully boosted mm -hmm. and get a test on Wednesday, if it comes back negative, she can continue to work and then go okay. for another test on Monday, the following okay. Monday. So okay. that makes okay. So that's fully boosted. Okay. Now, the second category under the conventional strategy is mm -hmm. if the employee is vaccinated or unvaccinated, not boosted, <laughs> not boosted yeah. or unvaccinated, yeah. or has had a prior infection within the 90 days, meaning okay. that's acquired immunity, right. then the conventional strategy is still going to be 10 days of isolation at home, mm -hmm. of excuse me, of quarantining at home with 
um, within uh, at home or seven days with a negative test. Okay. Okay. So no, they can't come into work. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I think a lot of the confusion came because this was a general guidance for hospitals, ambulatory mm-hmm. surgery centers, dermatologist right. offices, and orthodontic offices. Yeah. And yeah. everybody was confused and they didn't know the definition for conventional strategy, contingency, and crisis. Obviously, right. we wouldn't have the crisis category in the orthodontic office, but yeah. you might go into a contingency category True. if you had a high rate of infectivity in your yeah. community. Right. And you had uh, a number of uh, team members that are out. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, okay. uh, I think that will help them to follow this chart and determine okay. uh, the isolation or quarantine time. Okay. Well, so once they've got that sorted, um, what should practices be communicating to their patients then? Oh, you know, that it, it, patients are just as confused as we are in the <laughs> yeah, orthodontic office. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I think because there's been, it, it's like the information changes daily and yeah. you go, does this apply to me or does it not? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to refer to Dr. Chuck, uh, Chuck Gulland uh, in okay. Pennsylvania and it's mm-hmm. Gulland Orthodontics. And they came out with the best social media post. Uh, on their Facebook page, and they had mm-hmm. four pictures in there, and they mm-hmm. showed disinfecting the chair and and the char- the form that they use for checking and asking about symptoms mm-hmm. for patients, and then taking mm-hmm. someone's temperature, and then with the their surgical mask and their face shield on, and mm-hmm. you could still see the eyes smiling behind yeah. all the PPE. Yeah. And what the message said was, it seems like so long since we first heard the word COVID. We know everyone is weary of the rules, the regulations, the precautions, and the procedures. We are too. But the health and safety of our patients, family, doctor, and staff are too important for us to let down our guard. We still perform a check-in for all appointments, check temperatures on our staff as well, disinfect uh, common areas, the equipment, the doorknobs, and the counters, we require masks for everyone in the office. And of course, we wear our PPE. Is every business doing this? Maybe not, but we do. We appreciate your cooperation and understanding because hashtag we're in this together. Oh, that's nice. What a yeah. positive message to yeah. your patients and, and, and giving your staff that high five, that pat mm-hmm. on the back. Yeah. We've gotten through this pandemic successfully mm-hmm. and yeah. we are going to continue to get to the end of the pandemic when yeah. the SARS-CoV-2 virus becomes endemic and not mm-hmm. a pandemic. Right. Exactly. Well, Jackie, just real quick, can you just run down the precautions, everything that pe- the practices should have in place from masks. Uh, you know, down. we really need to <laughs> adhere to those seven basic infection control standard right. precautions, if you will. Yeah. But I think it's really important uh, at this time, just like Dr. Uh, Gullen's Facebook page said, mm-hmm. is for us to remember not to, uh, to have uh, separate patients in the reception room. And yeah. not to overload them in the reception room. Yeah. Continue to check on those symptoms and mm-hmm. continue to uh, do the pre-procedural mouth rinses right. to reduce the viral load. Make mm-hmm. sure that you have that MERV 13 filter installed in your heating and air conditioning system. And mm-hmm. make certain that your um, vacuum 
is working the most efficiently, that when you use it, it can reduce those aerosols um, that are created should we use a a high-speed handpiece. And whenever you're doing aerosol generating procedures, continue to wear an N95 respirator. Those are key elements to keeping us safe and keeping our patients safe. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for really unraveling this for all our viewers. And it's great to see you again. It's nice to be back for our viewers. And please check back soon for the next episode of In the Sterilization Room with Jackie. In the meantime, to catch up with past episodes or to check out the latest orthodontic industry news, visit our website at orthodontoproductsonline.com. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks, Allison.